0: This is obviously going at the end of the podcast. <laughs> 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 Alright, so welcome back to the Brad and Rach...
1: The kids are in bed. Yeah, that was a little quicker <sighs> than Man, cool. I'm just never ready. <laughs> well,
0: okay. Uh, tonight we have some very special guests with us.
1: They're very dear to us. Well,
0: not only are they our twins godparents, they're probably our best couple friends.
1: Yes. Oh. They
0: hail from St. Louis... And they are Chris and Colleen, and we'll let them introduce themselves.
2: Hi, everybody. This is Colleen. I don't know. We've known Brad and Rachel
1: for how many years now?
0: What are we going on?
1: Brad a little longer than
2: Rachel.
0: Yeah, so we went to college together at the University of Illinois. Let's see, I graduated in 2010, so we would have gotten to know each other like 2007. Yeah, Yeah. 2007. 2007. 12 years. 12 years. That's a long Mm -hmm. time.
1: Wow.
2: Just a bit under how long we've known each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So... Meaning her and her husband, yes. Chris. Yes. yes. Yeah. How long have you guys been married? Coming up on six years. Like yeah. in just a couple of weeks. In a week. Yeah. In a, in a week. week. That's in right. Week. Anniversary's coming. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Those matter so much these days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <No>, my gosh. <laughs> are
0: you guys? Do, are you doing anything to celebrate?
2: Um. I mean, we're probably going to high-five each other at the end of the night. There you go. Go to bed.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: okay. Go to bed. Uh, Colleen, what do you do? Um, I'm a medical device sales rep. Awesome. Yes. And Chris?
3: I'm a mechanical engineer.
0: A mechanical engineer. Yeah. So okay. it's going to be interesting getting their perspective on raising children.
1: Yeah. Um, Colleen has the, the healthcare thing in common with Brad and I, so I feel like we have a lot to relate yeah. on. And then Chris is kind of his own little guy over there. <laughs> As yeah, an engineer. The math
3: nerd. He <laughs> knows. He's an
2: engineer.
1: Engineer. He knows a lot about a lot of stuff that we don't know anything about.
0: Hey, what's your engineer joke?
1: Oh, <laughs> your mine or his? Yours. I don't have You don't have any? <laughs> <his>?
3: I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You've got to have one. You're an engineer. What's yours? So how do you tell the difference between an introverted engineer and an extroverted engineer? I don't know how. The extroverted engineer looks at your shoes instead of their own.
0: That gets funnier every time you tell them, know, which, so is, which is about seven times a year. It's
1: super easy to screw up, too, so you have to like really concentrate.
0: So I made some notes for today's podcast, but really I would much rather it just be like a conversation. Um, you know, I think a lot of our listeners are also twin parents. So I'm sure they want to hear our perspective on like how we're we're raising our kids, what challenges we're facing, um, and hopefully learn from us.
1: Funny story about uh, a lot of our subscribers or followers or YouTube friends or podcast (coughs) friends being like twin parents or parents of multiples. (laughs) I had a patient Friday that heard about us from her dentist because her dentist watches our vlogs and has twins herself. And so this patient ended up moving to our area and her dentist told her that she knew of a couple of eye doctors here because she watches our YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, so, and then what was also really cool was um, a couple different things. I did an Osborne book party and one of the prompts was to post pictures of your kids and I can't believe how many twin parents, like there were so many pictures of twins.
0: Well, twins and twins are becoming more and more popular.
1: They are, Yeah. So do you know, do you have stats on that? Like, did you look that up?
0: Yeah, I do. It's like, let's see, like one in 30 babies that are born are now twins.
1: I wonder what it used to be like before fertility
0: treatment. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, you know, women giving birth are getting older and older. So a lot more fertility treatments and, you know, Clomid, um, obviously IVF and IUIs and
1: yeah, that's one thing, like, about Clomid, that when we went on that, I remember reading the chances of twins and triplets were higher, because, like, you can ovulate more yeah, when you're crazy. on that, so.
0: So, Colleen, Chris and Colleen, when did you guys know that you were having twins, and how did you feel about it?
2: Um, well, we, I mean, you knew when you would go to your first ultrasound, right, so. Two babies, two heartbeats. Yeah. <laughs> but I I felt like there was a good chance just when we took the pregnancy test at home, and the line was very dark, like way earlier than I felt like it should be.
1: And that's how I was so terrified, this surprise pregnancy, that there were more than one in there, because it was so dark.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That would be a little nerve-wracking. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that's interesting just seeing that line, and it's already starting to go there in your head. Yeah. And then confirming with the ultrasound. I
2: I felt like we had a pretty good shot between Chris's family
1: Mm-hmm. Having twins
2: and my family mm-hmm. having multiple twins. Mm-hmm. So, throws
1: it out there. Yeah. yeah. And were you excited or.? Oh, yeah. We were pumped.
3: Yeah. I mean, it was. We've been wanting to have kids for a while, and all of a sudden we're like, okay, we're going to have multiple blessings at <laughs> once. So, <Yeah. laughs> let's.
0: Jumping in the
2: two feet yeah. into the defense. <laughs> yep. how, how about your
0: family? Were they. Well, I guess if it runs in your family, they probably weren't even surprised.
2: Yeah, I think think your parents were pumped. I mean, having sisters. Yeah,
3: yeah. it took a little bit to register that we were going to have two for a second. And they're like, oh.
2: For a second, but way faster than I thought your parents were going to get it. Like your mom. My mom caught on really quick. We gave them um, little, they look like candy tins almost, but they were little um, plaster Paris kind of foot imprint um, tins that you could make a footprint of babies. We gave one that was blue and one that was pink to both his mom and his dad. And I thought that they would just obviously figure out we're having a baby. Oh my gosh, goodness. there's two. But within like five seconds, Chris's mom was like, are, is it twins? Is it twins? Oh my and gosh. I just wasn't thinking that anybody would get it that fast, but she having twins, she probably thought that initially. So it kind of yep. surprised me how quick your mom picked up on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Chris
1: then, has sisters that are fraternal twins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. yeah.
2: And then my parents, we did the same thing and my mom was just, like, over the moon, excited, and didn't hear when we said that there were two. And my dad did. And my dad kind of just kept looking at her, and then Chris had to actually tell her, because she was already panicking and, like, hysterically crying, excited. Uh... And then he's like, Erin, how many tins are there? And then she goes, two, and, like, screamed. It was really cute.
0: It was really cute. It was adorable. Good. So I think that's a good... A good thing to point out. So, identical twins, totally random, do not run in families. It's just totally crazy that you get identical twins. Fraternal twins, however, are the ones that run in families. You know, the woman the woman ovulates two eggs. You know, out of both ovaries. Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly, it runs on the female side. So. It's a it's a misconception that having twins on the father's side can increase your chances of twins, but that's really really has nothing to do with it. So
0: And that's something that you wouldn't really know unless you research research it yourself. So we get asked that question all the time.
1: And in like in that same basket of knowledge of knowledge nuggets. Identical twins are always the same gender because they're one embryo. That splits identical DNA. So you can't have boy girl twins that are identical. And you'll get you get asked that all the time with twins, like, are they fraternal or identical? And it's like, well one has a a penis and the other one
0: doesn't.
1: (laughs) The other one has a vagina.
0: Yeah, so that's probably a good good thing to point out. So Chris and Colleen also have boy girl Mm -hmm. twins.
1: A lot of fun times in our future. They're already prearranged marriages. Correct. So
0: did you guys do a gender reveal? No, we didn't say, do a
2: gender party. We basically took everybody's votes, compiled them, and then sent out mass phone calls and texts and let everybody know what it ended up being. I remember yeah. that phone
1: call. I thought yeah. they were both girls. I think.
2: Yes, you did. You and were you were telling me you're never me. wrong. I wasn't yeah. I,
1: prior to that. I hadn't been
0: called <laughs> 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 three times. Me, tired of that. Dominic. <laughs> oh. So, Colleen, your pregnancy. So. For those also who don't know, a twin pregnancy is automatically a high risk pregnancy. Mm-hmm. How was your how was your carrying of the twins?
2: It was really uneventful. Like I, my tagline, when anybody was asking me when I would update them, is you know it's completely boring and uneventful, which is everything you'd ever hope for. Yeah, exactly. Like, I I had no issues, fortunately, with like morning sickness. Um, the only thing that I could tell you that I had is a small complaint, but I I just. Didn't really care was um, Sophia would sit up in my rib and so I had this constant dull pain of just pressing on my rib. I ended up just like getting a pillow to put behind my car seat or in my car when I was traveling around in that but um, and that really helped it. That, that's honestly like the biggest issue that I had um, and then near the end of pregnancy when we ended up delivering the kids my blood pressure got a little high which is also pretty common in twin pregnancies. My grandmother had it as well, um, and that ended up pushing us to have a C-section, so we had the kids. And
0: at how many weeks?
2: 37 in a day. 37 okay. weeks in a day. Yeah.
1: Awesome. I was 37 in two days.
0: The average twin is born early at 35 weeks. That's the average. Yeah,
1: yeah that's early. I felt like um, if we hadn't scheduled the C-section at 37 weeks. Oh, we didn't. We didn't preface this. Yeah. By the the
0: way, if you hear a dog barking in the back, it's because we're out on the porch. You're
1: also going to hear like crickets and.
0: I shut our irrigation system off, so we're good there.
1: Oh, okay. You won't hear the sprinklers then. Um. Yeah, but also they deliver twins automatically. Like they they deliver them by 38 weeks. I think there may be a few handfuls of doctors that let you go as long as you go. But I think the latest research shows that the later in the pregnancy you go, the higher the risk is that you could have, like, your placenta or one of the placentas breaks down. Yep. Um, just a higher risk of that happening with twins. So they, they think it's safer to go ahead and take the babies by 38 weeks. And
0: we, um, should, we should probably describe Colleen.
1: How tall are you? I'm right at, like, six foot.
2: Yeah, so mm-hmm. Colleen's
0: super tall. Um, did you guys read anything about, like... Oh, there's more room for the twins. Like it's a easier for a taller woman to carry twins.
2: Um, not no, not really. But I can tell you when you were talking about your stats earlier. Um, so women who are getting pregnant later in life, so an older gestation, and then also tall women are also more likely to have twins. Oh, really? taller women are interesting. Yeah, for some reason yeah, that's just why also. that is. I have no idea. Huh. No idea at all.
0: There's a there's this tribe somewhere called the. Yoruba, Yoruba, I, I don't know how I,
1: I would say yor-
0: yorba. yorba,
1: Yorba.
0: No, Yoruba. Yoruba. Well, anyway, like
1: that matters. They have the <laughs> highest.
0: They have the highest rate of twins, and research suggests that's because they eat this type of yam oh. that has like an estrogen like component heard, that simulates both ovaries.
1: Yeah, I've heard yams are high in estrogen. That's an interesting theory. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Huh. What, that's what they say. So I
2: guess if you want twins, have a of Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I guess it could work.
0: Or just do IVF and have them implant two embryos. It worked for us. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I mean, in California, they would let you do that, like just to have twins. They let you gender select in California. Oh wow. Oh. They let you do IVF even if you have no problems like conceiving, just to select the gender of your next kid. Wow. Sounds like Which some... is it? Which is really interesting and. In, kind of gets into the whole, we're going to do a whole podcast on the ethics of fertility treatment, and that would be something to maybe dive into.
0: So Colleen, you had a C-section. How Uh was recovery for you?
1: Way better than
2: I ever thought it was going to be. So going into it, I definitely wanted to do a a vaginal birth. Um, That was my idea. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, but obviously the, the higher blood pressure right at the end of pregnancy ended up kind of taking that out of my hands. Which is fine. We want to have the kids any way that we can to get them here safely. I think the biggest thing for me, because I'm in surgery every day, I'm like the worst, I I'm like to think I would be the worst sur- surgical patient. Like, I know what's going on, and I don't want that happening. But it actually ended up being way better than I would have ever expected. So I think I took the pain meds in the hospital for the first day, like the first 24 hours, and after that I was just on basically Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Um, and up and moving right away. I think they had you do that too in the hospital when mm-hmm, they reach. Yeah, yep. <clears throat> so up and moving, and I think thought moving fairly well. Yeah. And then even once we got home, there was only a handful of times. I think it was probably because we were so tired and my body was really tired that you had to like help me up out of bed just to be able to get up and feed the kids and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was
3: normally like 2 a.m. Yeah. yeah. I think it was just a combination of, you know, just normal exhaustion, physical exhaustion, and. And, and then recu- and recovering, recovering from surgery, surgery so, yeah. so. so. other than that I think no, in my perspective of Colleen's recovery I thought it just went amazing and I was very surprised at how mm-hmm. how she did it and how she went through it
1: mm-hmm. we're pretty amazing aren't we <laughs>
3: yeah. you are you yeah. are you are mm-hmm. uh, Chris did you gain any weight during pregnancy um, not so much during pregnancy um, but these months after
0: mean <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, when like life
2: happens yes yeah.
3: uh, I've Put on a little bit of weight, which is fine. Just I haven't extra noticed. But mm-hmm. yeah. I haven't noticed. You haven't noticed? No. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I this try is to what hide good
2: friends way. are. Did, <laughs>
1: you, did you lose weight during the pregnancy, or was it before, like, you went on a pretty serious
3: health yeah, I care? I was about, you... about, about 2015. Okay. So I so lost, yeah. I lost about 50 pounds.
2: Wow. 50. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow. I actually, I think a little more than that. I was at 248, if we want to mm-hmm. be specific, and then I got down to 192 is my lowest.
1: Okay.
3: Um. Yeah. And how
1: much do you both weigh now?
2: <laughs> Not really getting Not into. Um <laughs> pretty sure good friends weight. don't ask
1: that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brad always like even including this pregnancy, takes it upon himself to like go on an extreme crash diet as soon as I get pregnant and start gaining weight, he starts losing I start picking up what he's putting down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, gosh, I don't remember much about being in the hospital. But I do remember, like, our hospital was, like, uh, quote-unquote, what, baby? Baby Baby-friendly. Yeah, baby-friendly. So, like, the nurses,
3: honestly, like,
0: didn't really give us much help or advice and
3: just kind of left us to fend on our own.
1: The babies were in our room 100% of the time. Yeah.
3: So, we had gotten a bunch of advice from people saying, hey, if you're going to be in the hospital for four nights, take advantage. Take advantage of the nurses taking them to the nursery. Get a little bit of sleep between feedings. And the very first time that we that we sent them to the nursery, within 15 minutes they brought them back saying they're crying a lot. They need to be. In they need to be in here. Try to feed them right now. Oh, so I was like, uh, okay, well, first attempt fail. Uh, that's yeah,
1: funny. Yeah. yeah.
3: But it was no. Should they
1: be used to that in the nursery? Yeah, like yeah, is that but, a bad thing?
3: Like isn't that what it's for? Yeah,
1: your babies are crying a lot. Are <laughs> <laughs> like newborns? Or it something. was also
2: a very the, luckily the time we had delivered felt like it was a very slow floor. Like the labor and delivery unit oh. that we were in was not very busy. So they also there were multiple times where there were no babies in the nursery. Wow. Like so, I know when our kids went down there, it's not like oh well, they're gonna wake some other baby up, so we gotta send them back. No,
0: yeah. Yeah. Nope. And nobody no,
1: nobody else there. Yeah.
3: They were just like annoyed.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> they went to the nursery other times, but they it was did. just it yeah. was funny that the very first time we mm-hmm. tried to send them down after like a like a day and a half, they brought them right back. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Too funny. yeah. But it was good. Um, it was a good overall experience, I think.
2: Uh, yeah as say it it was challenging I mean it was good in the sense that we left the hospital everybody was healthy and happy and they did take good care of all three of us you know, well four if you count Chris um
3: <laughs> I got a free meal so. yeah <laughs> the patients so me and yeah. the
2: two kids um I mean they took good care of us but it was i i in general I want to be an even killed and lower maintenance person I don't like a ton of about it mm-hmm. um and so just naturally again being a surgical patient now and then now a new mother of 37 and one week old or one day old twins looking back on it now I'm pretty sure it felt like the nursing staff was they were treating our twin newborns who were full term 37 weeks is full term for yeah, twins yep. they were treating them like they were preemies
1: Like Nick Eubanks. Yes,
2: and I'm not kidding. We were in the hospital for four overnights, so basically five full days,
1: which is Um, a lot longer than us. We were there for only two nights.
2: Yeah, our our OB does four overnights for her C sections. I would have
1: been ready to go. Yes,
2: I was very ready to go. Like. You've never felt five days be longer. What I mean, just in general, your life whole shift, not getting yeah, sleep, the stress, yeah. the hormones They're checking coming down on you. Down all
1: of it. Night. Yeah,
2: yeah, all of it. Yeah. But just five days away from your own bed and your own house and the yeah. comfort level you have there is hard. And then throw in all of that other stuff on top of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then trying to learn to breastfeed two babies, mm-hmm. um, pumping. Trying to get food in your own body. Oh, gosh.
1: I don't remember eating at all, like, those oh. first couple days after. Oh, my
2: gosh. it. I don't know what I ate or when, but we had a decent cafeteria, I guess. I do kind of remember that. Yeah, They, they delivered up to our room, but I couldn't have told you what I ate. Just whatever sat in front of me, I felt like I tried to devour yeah. it. And then I was trying to feed a kid and somebody else shovel food in my face. I mean, I don't know. It's it hard. Tough. It's really
1: hard. You yeah. almost always have a baby latched yes. during those first few days.
2: Yes, so we were happy to be. I home. remember
1: something about like them, th- like pushing checking their temperature all the time or something. Is that something that they were stressing? Was that about? when you guys
0: got home, or was that in the
3: hospital? It was right before we left, and uh-huh. they did it. They did it a lot um, throughout the time we were in the hospital.
1: Just check their
2: temperature last. Sure yeah, it was and then they would put them under. Enough? I
3: think they put them under a heat lamp like once,
2: maybe twice. Twice, seven, and
3: like. then when we were trying to leave, they checked their temperature again and made sure that they were under the heat lamp right before we left, and then, you know, told us that we needed to make sure their temperature was up. And um, it was just something I wasn't expecting. Um, yeah, I about. don't
1: remember that being, like, even mentioned Not to yet. us. No, never And
3: were. they
1: were born in a snowstorm. Ours were. Your guys <laughs> yeah. were in September.
0: September yeah, so. I mean, like, hot in St. Louis. Did they tell you
3: why? Like, why were they concerned about something? They were just afraid that at that point, and this is why we kind of thought they... It felt like they were treating them like preemies is that they said they did? They wanted to make sure that they could regulate their own body temperature. And if they couldn't keep it up, either they couldn't regulate it or they didn't have enough
2: food. food. Um, um,
3: so, but at the, at the same time, like they were telling, that's, that's where we kind of felt like the whole preemie thing. Yeah. But at the same, you can't, to me, you can't treat babies like preemies, but yet have them in the environment that they're not. You yeah, know, It's either exactly. if you if you bu- truly believe they need to be somewhere yeah. else than with us.
1: Specialty
2: exactly. Player. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. So it just it, there was a lot of stress. That's in a the lot of pressure on you too. Exactly. Yeah. Brand new
0: parents, never had kids before.
2: Right. Right. And the other thing in the back of my mind. So obviously we had the kids and um, trying to figure out the nursing thing. No matter one, two or twelve is going to be challenging for a first time mom. But. The thing that was hard for me in the back of my mind, I knew between thirty-seven and thirty-eight weeks, typically in the womb, is when they get their sucking
1: reflex. Oh.
2: And so I so desperately in my brain wanted to make it to thirty-eight weeks to try to increase my chances oh, I of didn't having know that. successful, That's yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So trying to increase I'm the glad chances. Glad I didn't know
1: that. Woo. Yeah. yeah. I would have stressed about that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, and so when we were having a hard time, and the other thing I never stopped and thought about either was obviously with a C-section you don't go through a normal labor and your body doesn't prepare itself for delivery and for the change that's about to happen.
1: Right. And so your milk comes in.
2: Yeah. Your milk comes in even later with a C-section and being a first time mom and then having the demand of two kids, Mm -hmm. like all of that piled on top. Um, hit hard and then you're in the same four walls in a room with people constantly coming in poking and prodding and literally squeezing your boobs
1: yeah and checking your incision site making the hamburger out of your breast yes and
2: then like having to poke your kids and check their glucose level and then having to we have to try to this is the other thing because of the temperature issues quote-unquote issues yeah and they were always wanting to check things We, no joke, had our kids swaddled, like, eight blankets deep. Oh, Oh, my. I couldn't even tell you how big my newborn children actually were because the first, like, three weeks of their lives Did you have the outlets at that time? No. Well, in the hospital, I mean, we were in there for five days. They were swaddled, like, the entire time. Uh, And that's the other thing. Then you don't have as much skin-to-skin contact.
1: uh, And the only time
2: that I do is when I'm trying to feed you, but I'm so exhausted and stressed out. And I I kept telling Chris, poor guy, he caught, obviously, a lot of it, and I was like I can't even enjoy my newborns that mm-hmm. like I worked so hard to get like yes. I went through surgery to get these babies
1: this is supposed like, to be bliss and yeah and I'm I can't sweating even en- from undoing eight swaddles well
2: and like the only time I get hold them hold them skin to skin is when I'm trying to nurse which is stressful enough mm-hmm. but then they are immediately also telling me well we got to get them wrapped back up so they don't drop their temperature because uh, if they drop the temperature so then up. they have to go under yeah. the heat lamp and then you know it,
1: that's so frustrating it was very
2: cyclical yeah so we
1: were very ready to
2: get out yeah
3: <laughs> And to Brad's question. Um, we had the owlets, and we got them on when we got home. Mm-hmm. But I know for um, Sophia's foot, mm-hmm. it was so pretty tiny. small; that yeah. it barely could fit on there. So mm-hmm. we just we knew that if we got her into the swaddle when it was in the good position, then it would read. But it, as soon as she moved, we had to like turn off the thing because uh, it wouldn't and it's read our correctly. Which way. meant yeah. even less sleep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, the false alarms on the owlet are a big drawback. But once they fit well, and you don't have to worry about that. It's much better. And provides a lot of peace of mind. We were big proponents of the outlet. We'll definitely use it again with this next baby.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure, yep. especially when our twins got RSV at mm-hmm. six weeks old. It was it was a lifesaver.
1: So speaking of when you got home and sleep and all that, did you, I know the first eight weeks and they were for us as well, or just like a total fog. Mm-hmm. Did you end up like creating a strategy at some point or did you have a strategy that you felt like worked the best for the longest? at night like did you do shifts ever or did you was it just both of you got up every time or
2: well let's see chris had two weeks off of work so for those first two weeks like it was the both of us and it was my mom and it literally was a three-person job anytime we were getting up because we needed both these be- babies to be changed and then one had to feed, the other had to feed. They were too little, and I was too inexperienced to try to do a tandem feed because we were already struggling to get enough out. So we had to focus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Usually one person or two people sometimes would be changing the baby. Another one would be holding the other one and trying to c- calm him or her down. Mm-hmm. And then I would get myself ready in the chair, go to the bathroom, get snacks, whatever I need to do while the other two were do- trying to do something else. So at the, the very beginning it was just survival and somebody grabbed whatever we needed to do mm-hmm. whatever we needed to do
3: but the routine as we settled in yeah. the routine ended up being trying to feed and then you would pump
2: oh my god yeah i rachel informed me that the, i was triple, triple feeding, feeding. Yeah. i didn't
3: know there was a term but oh, that's
2: yeah. what
1: happened you triple fed that's like super stressful yeah yeah
2: that was feed like i said each baby alone because i couldn't do the tandem feeding nor could they at that point and so it was feed a kid, and usually we're giving them 25 minutes mm-hmm. to try to get as much as we could out. Yeah. Then swap off, get the other kid for 25 minutes, pump for 20. And we were supplementing them. When they came off my breast, the other kid would go to Chris, and he would give them a small formula supplement. As I was feeding the second one, they would get the formula supplement, then pump for another 20 minutes. And, and, and I was doing that anything, every three hours. And it you get out when you pumped? Um, some. Like, in the beginning, not a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but, like, as I continued, I mean, I ended up, ha- quote-unquote, having to stop breastfeeding for my own mental sanity at about totally. seven weeks. Yeah. Um, I was getting more, obviously, near the end there when mm-hmm. the supply was a little more stable. Um, but, but, yeah, yeah like, that, mean,
1: that whole process takes however long. At
2: least an hour and a half.
1: And at then, least an hour and a half and then we again. would have
2: to try to get some sleep but uh, the anxiety and the stress of it all was so hard to come down from that oh, yeah. you couldn't really get sleep literally by the time you had to get up Start and feed them over. again and leaving the hospital they had us so worried that the kids weren't eating aka the, their temperature is going to be dropping if they're not getting enough food and so it was just so much stress coming home to be like on the clock we had to be feeding them every three hours we couldn't even do Wait for them to wake up, and then obviously they're going to be hungry, and then you feed them. Yeah, you in the were beginning, neurotic, you
1: have to do it.
2: Yeah, on the clock. Until every they three meet hours. their
1: birth weight, I think they recommend that yeah. you're waking them up to feed at night, which is hard to do. Um, the the really crappy part, and as a new nursing mom and a mom that has never done that before, you you're questioning your supply. Your stress and lack of sleep are affecting your supply. Yep. And then you also, without anybody meaning to are you're blamed for everything you're just very
2: sensitive to possible it feels like you're blamed Mm -hmm. for
1: everything if the baby's crying it's because they're hungry or or like what did you eat today like the questions Mm -hmm. that you get or the implications like the things that people can imply even if they're not implying it it's just really hard as a new nursing mom to get get over that hump and Mm -hmm. trust your body yeah Yeah, and then all
2: the external factors, like you said, the stress. Yeah,
1: and then having twin, having two babies to feed. And, you know, some women actually don't have enough milk supply to feed one babies, and, Mm -hmm. and it's not like super common but that's in the back of your mind like what if i'm the person that can't even feed one baby and i'm attempting to feed two right now like Mm -hmm. yeah that's that was real stress
2: there were a lot of things at the very beginning it felt like a lot hit us in the hospital when we started realizing these things because all of a sudden you have two babies right you're smacked across the face with it but we had gone to what three separate like get ready for twins classes oh specifically
1: specifically for twins?
2: twins specifically for twins wow all three of them failed us. They were a waste of our time. Um, And so then all of a sudden when we were going through all these challenges and you have these realizations of like, why didn't anyone tell me this? Why didn't any of those three classes mention this part? Yeah, Like, okay, changing the diaper, you've never done it in your life, this is how you do it, great, but maybe you need to know that the sucking reflex comes in between the
1: 37th and the 38th
2: week. Yeah, but changing
0: the diaper is the easy part.
1: Right. Totally. I know. Totally. Worst case scenario, you get a stream of Pee or poop yeah, on you. From a exactly. boy That's or a yeah. girl. Yeah, we had, oh, the WFPDCs too, <laughs> the wet fart post diaper change. Yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of those. As yeah. soon
0: as you change your diaper, then they poop right into it. I remember yeah. one oh, time yeah. at
1: like three in the morning, sometimes you would do like a double outfit change because of the, the wet farts. <laughs> um, but one time, Lyndall, <laughs> <Lindle, laughs> <Lindle, like, laughs> I heard it happen too. <laughs> She's, she pooped and it like squirted across the room. It was like a projectile poop. <laughs> remember it landed on the carpet? Yes, and I do remember It that. stained it. It's probably still there.
0: And <laughs> We had it professionally cleaned.
1: Yeah, we had it professionally cleaned and it didn't come out. Oh, no. and then you tried to clean it with OxyClean and it oh stained gosh, all the carpet was... around it. Yeah. So it all like bleached it. Yeah. So, uh-huh, so it bleached the carpet around it and made it stand out even more. And yeah. it was like mustard yellow. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, Sophia pooped on our wall twice oh. like projectile poop but luckily each time missed the curtains that were on that wall Ew. like by an inch. I bet but... you'll
1: find a fleck of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a fleck of poop.
1: <laughs> well it's like the blowout bear head in the car where it like went across your chest and onto the window <laughs> From the, pa- from the passenger seat, driving.
0: and then weeks
1: later, I was finding evidence of it. And this like, was like
0: driving home from, we, we drove like eight hours away up to Georgia to get their picture taken and like drove home.
1: Like their newborn photo So shoot. this
0: was at like two in the morning and I just got like poop all over me, and all over the seatbelt.
1: I was finding it like on the frame of the door at weeks and on the dash. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and at the time that it happened, Rachel was in the backseat just, like, laughing.
1: Dying laughing. It was so funny. Oh, my gosh.
0: Uh, So many poop stories.
1: Oh, some. We had some just today. (laughs) A couple of poop stories just just today. We're
0: about seven, eight feet away from the scene of the crime right now. (laughs) Luckily,
1: we're outside.
0: So, the kids swam today, and so we took off their diapers to let them air dry.
1: Nay-nay time. Yeah.
0: And... Bear just squats down and takes a dump. <laughs> on then, the patio. And then steps in it. <laughs> right.
1: And then and then steps on Brad's foot. It's,
0: yeah, so somehow I end up with poop on my toenail. <laughs> it's still there, by the way.
1: Oh, parenting. Who, who needs a shower after that? Yeah. Yeah. I know, yeah, nice. you saw the showered.
0: No, I haven't. <laughs> so did your mom move in, Colin? Uh
2: well, I mean, almost. So for the first what, two weeks. My mom was there then there was a stretch where your mom came down for 10 days chris's mom came down for 10 days with us um and then my mom came back until so that that puts us as like three and a half weeks after having the kids so
3: back through october
2: yeah so she was there two months yeah well i'm gonna say through week nine nine weeks after having the babies but and then she was starting a job and I ended up getting um, a mother's helper to help me during the day. Because even with nine week old babies, mm-hmm. two of them, the demands they need, one person can't do that. I, I was very fortunate. I got 16 weeks of maternity leave. So I still had another seven weeks, almost two months, to basically live in the house by myself all day long um, and then do all the night stuff still. and. So, um, that's
1: hard. Yeah, yeah,
2: the mother's helper was clutch.
1: Yeah, I don't think I realized you did that. That's, mm-hmm. no, yeah, that's, that's,
2: that's for some golden that. advice. Yes, it's absolutely clutch. I I How don't know. How many weeks did
1: you have her? Uh,
2: so for eight? No, seven. Seven. Seven weeks. And okay. what did,
0: what exactly did you come in to do?
2: So we had her show up at 7 a.m. and then generally left about 4, 4.30, 4, I think. Um, okay. She came in showed up at seven and we were kind of starting, no matter what time the kids were sleeping to or needing to whatever, seven o'clock was, we started at that point always getting a seven o'clock bottle and kind of training them as best you can. I mean, they're nine weeks old, but we were working towards at the end of my maternity leave, we'd be taking them to daycare. So I wanted to be able to like get them up, get them dressed and get them out the door. That was the goal and have them to a daycare by seven o'clock. So then I wanted them used to a bottle at seven o'clock so they wouldn't wake up and immediately need a bottle. Cause that really cuts into your time trying to get ready as a professional so right. um so anyway she'd come in and we'd usually get some things together um do bottles together at seven o'clock because of two little biddies, like they can't even put them on boppies and try to feed them side by side it just it gets really difficult um so we would both just rock in the rockers and feed some babies and then she was a rock star she would help do all the bottles if I needed her to make food she could make food she cleaned all of my blinds in my house she's amazing wow. she was down on her hands and knees one day like taking the attachment on the vacuum like doing the the, the rise of the stairs oh my god like, with the vacuum oh, nice. attachment um I mean, she'd do anything and everything we'd go out and try to just to get out of the house like run an errand to Target but not even go in Target. We would do the curbside pickup. But it was exciting to just get into a car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get
1: out of the house. Yeah, I forgot about those
2: days. yeah.
1: And you guys got along like it was like oh, having a yes. friend around. Yeah. Because I could see so that sweet. being also miserable if you if you don't really like the person. Yes. Yes. Being yes. stuck with it. I mean, you could just fire them, I guess. But. Yes. Yeah.
2: She is amazing. Um, she had done nannying several other families before us. She had done an in-home daycare herself as a business for six years. How old was she? Um, she's thirty. Four or five, okay, yeah, okay, uh-huh. so young, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. she was doing some nannying through college, and then when she had her babies, she ended up doing the in home daycare as well. So, um, would she you had, ever
1: like watch him while well, you took a nap?
2: Oh, yeah, I did oh, that, that multiple days, awesome. especially when the nights were bad the yeah. day before. Um, that's what
1: you'd need her for. And
2: I, we basically like feed kids at seven and then kind of get them settled, do a few things, play together, you know, as best you can with newborns, basically. And then I'd say, like, okay, I'm gonna go take. A nap, and she's like, That's fine, go do your thing. And then I would set an alarm just to be able to get back up and help her do the next feeding. So wow. maybe get like an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes yes. of a nap. Oh, that
1: can make a huge then, difference.
2: Yeah, and it actually felt like, and by that time, I had actually stopped breastfeeding. So my anxiety level and like the stress I was carrying like, when they was, me? was much lower sure. mm-hmm. because the breastfeeding demand wasn't there, the pumping demand wasn't there. And so I could actually just Go upstairs and within about three minutes be awesome. Right? Yeah. yeah, that I was did a find big deal. Her. Um, through, well, actually, it was your work, right? Somebody recommended the TLC for Kids. Mm-hmm. In the St. Louis area, there's a company, I guess, TLC for Kids, that um, is a nanny service, also on demand babysitting, whatever you might need, and found her through them, um, and she had just joined them you know, a handful of weeks earlier. So we were lucky. She responded to our request. Yeah, no kidding. She's an angel sent for sure.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess where you had her, we had my mom there with us for four months. Like, my mom was there doing... Anything we wanted her to do, which boiled down to, like, basically running the household. Yeah, all the household work. Groceries, worked. dinners, everything, like, making food.
0: So, literally, we could just focus on the kids, and she focused on everything else.
1: Exactly. Um, but I totally see what you mean. Like, she would, she would be always willing to, like, let me take a nap whenever. Mm-hmm. And what I would try to do is, like, tandem feed them and... Get everybody fed and then have a good stretch where I knew nobody would need me. But yeah. it still is like, if, are they going through a growth spurt? Because they're crying. Like, are they wanting to be fed? And I would get yeah. really...
0: Yeah, you're on call all the all time. All the
1: time. So I would go lay down and just like, if I heard anything, like, I, I couldn't take a nap. I would go in there and fall asleep and then I'd wake up and come back out and not have any idea how long I was in there. And they, you guys would be like, Rachel, you were in there for 15 minutes. Like, you need... You need to take a longer nap than that. But I just couldn't get myself to do it. So, yeah, the stresses of being a new mom.
0: Yeah. Yes. Especially a twin new mom.
1: Yep. And just new
2: parents. Because I know you guys carried a lot of the weight, too. Like, Chris was a rock. Like, bless his his heart. Amen. I, I know it wasn't easy being a wonderful, caring husband that is seeing your wife go through all of the emotions I oh. feel like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders, plus, plus two.
1: And the biggest hormone flush time frame yeah. that the human body experiences.
2: And then the both of us, the sleep deprivation, even with a mother that was there and helpful through the day. And my mom, for sure, got up and she took night shifts. She was very accommodating. And like I said, there were a lot of times where it took three of us. So I just can't commend Chris enough for the stretch he did. We actually have a funny story both of us, on separate occasions, had the exact same experience, which was the strangest thing, that I'll let you actually explain it, because it was you first.
3: Yeah, we had, we had never attempted to fall asleep with the babies. Our rule at the beginning was just so they're used to falling asleep, not on us, um, just because we wanted For to do that rule. For safety reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, was, well, we would get them to sleep or get them calm and then put them down, and then we would go to sleep. Um So we'd never fallen asleep ourselves with the babies on us. Not on the couch, not in the bed. One night I just woke up, felt like one of the babies was on me, and I started freaking out and, like, digging. I'm like, I don't know where the babies are. And then she woke (laughs) up. Digging in
2: the covers on our bed.
3: This is, like, at 3 a.m. And she's like, what do you mean? What do you mean they're right there? I'm like, I can't find the babies. And I was just out of it. And And then finally I I, I realized, I'm like, oh, yeah, we put them down. But I just had this feeling of there was a baby on me, and I couldn't find it now. Oh, and wow. it happened, like, on multiple occasions. I can't it's tell cool. you how many
1: times I had that, too. That really? was the stroke. experience. Wow, like,
3: really? where
1: you're asleep, and you think you're holding one. Yep. And as you're waking up, you're panicking, thinking, like, have I already smothered them? Well, you never had that?
0: Never once. Well, you oh
1: actually God. fell asleep with one. Literally I only
0: once, though.
1: so mad at yeah. you. Well, yeah,
0: <laughs> I made that mistake once, and that was it.
1: Yeah, Brad, like, went out to the couch to feed Lindell or something, and I, like... I'm, ha- I'm not even sleeping and I should be because you're taking care of it and <laughs> I'm like he hasn't come back for a while I walk out and he's passed out on the couch holding Lindell. I'm like are you kidding me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it was a really weird experience though when Chris did that the first time. Yeah, that's funny that you both had that. Like, yeah. yes and it was just sheer panic and he's all of a sudden jarring me awake when he's panicked yeah, and right. like moving the covers around and i'm like what are you doing he's like the babies the babies <laughs> and they're like literally in a we have a little mini crib that was right next it functioned as a bassinet but we could put both of them in it and it was right next to my side of the bed and he's freaking me out thinking he has babies in the middle of all this oh comforter and sheet on our bed and oh it was terrible
1: Ugh. it's 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 terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Talk
0: about a panic attack.
1: I saw yeah. a video the other day, I think it's going viral, of a dad in the hospital. And he's like half asleep, his eyes are kind of closed, and he's holding a wad of blankets and like rocking with it and and like readjusting it. He doesn't realize it's not the baby. (laughs) The the mom's filming him and then like pans over and she's holding the baby and then goes back and he's just like (laughs) rocking nothing.
0: I got nothing but sympathy for him. I know, I totally get it. I
1: totally get
0: it. Although he only had a singleton.
1: Yeah, that's just a <laughs> That's true. I don't have any sympathy. Yeah, right. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's <laughs> yeah. hard no matter what
2: it is. all do.
0: hard. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's all hard.
3: It's like you don't know what you don't know, no matter how many you have.
1: That's
2: true. And
3: yeah. it just comes it, in different waves.
2: Yeah. When we were going through the thick of it, I kept telling, like, when his mom was down for those 10 days, so when the kids were between two and three and a half weeks old, I kept looking at her, because she had Chris first, and then his twin sisters, I was like... How did you have twins after having one? Yeah. I kept thinking we were so fortunate starting with twins. For sure. Because I I could not not, uh, imagine uh, having another child to have to care for and entertain throughout the day when you were so exhausted with the demands of twins.
1: Yeah.
0: Being twins, one of them crying.
1: I don't think crying. I think we have a... A whimper. A whimper? Mm-hmm. A maybe a readjustment going
2: on. Yeah, we might need to check on that. Sure.
1: Yeah, it's always um it's what's been really fun. Chris and Colleen and their babies have been with us this weekend and this is the first time we've like done like a weekend where we're all together and watching them interact and talk about their babies and and like when when there's whimpering on the monitor how they troubleshoot it versus right. how we troubleshoot it yeah, and like exactly you know navigating naps and bedtimes and it's i see a lot of similarities between how we parent mm-hmm. twins yeah i agree and i think i i bet a lot of twin parents have a lot of the same strategies because there's really there's not a lot of ways to do it yeah I mean, you when can't you have two
2: i think the most common thing that i've seen between us is like you can't have this heightened sense of like i have to go address everything right now we can't let it do everything. Like, you, you just, you can't be there for two kids all the time. You
1: have to have some sense of go with the flow. Yes. Yeah. You, yeah, totally.
2: You gotta let it be, and you also don't... <laughs> you, I, you guys said it earlier this weekend, of, like, you joked that Bear was your firstborn and Lyndall's your second, so you've really gotta let it go with her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, She can eat it. stuff can, off yeah, the floor. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, I, I'm just a little bit more laid-back person in general than Chris is, but um, there's definitely that in the sense that I can't panic about everything, so I just have to stay even keeled here, and you just deal with it as it goes. Yeah. You try to head off the... any major issues, but... Yeah.
1: The whole don't sweat the small stuff thing. Yeah. I mean, in everybody's definition of what's small stuff is different, but you, you just can't sweat the small stuff, When
0: So Colleen, if both babies are crying, what do you do?
1: And you're by yourself?
0: Yeah, and you're by yourself. Now, just pick them both
2: up. They usually laugh in each other's faces. Mm. <laughs> When they were little, like little, actually we hardly like nobody was ever alone completely with them for a long time. Um, the most it might be is like I went on a walk up and down the block and came back just to yeah. get outside and get some fresh air and like mental clarity. But when they're little bitty, they just lay there and they don't do a whole lot.
1: Yeah, I Sophia remember, took a
2: pacifier pretty quickly, so oh, that's that's, nice. that's that helps, really yeah. Good.
1: For sure. You usually or I I guess with our two scenarios, you have the patient one and the one that you yep. need to address right away or it's gonna elevate. <laughs> yeah. And that was for us like if Lindell if Lyndall started her snare drum, do you remember the snare drum? It was oh, like yeah. the
0: oh
1: yeah. It's like her version of a whimper, but it sounded like a snare drum. And <laughs> if, if the snare drum started, like you needed to get there. You had like t
2: minus five seconds because exactly. otherwise
1: we were at T Rex mode, which is what we called her full blown scream. Just but, losing she it. She would get there quickly, um, whereas Bear was he was our laid back kid at the time.
0: So Colleen, walk us through like your. Because like us, you're very structured, so walk us through like your typical Monday routine.
2: Okay, so we try to always get the kids to daycare by about 7 a.m., um, so that usually involves getting them up between 6.15, sometimes closer to 6.30, just depending on how much time we need to get ready in the morning, um, how many times we hit the snooze button, <laughs> and uh, get them up, get them changed, new diapers, throw on clothes for the day, um, get them in the car seats. And clip them to the car, get bottles ready for daycare, and go. Um, Well, get bottles, then clip them in the car and go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So they have their bottle in the car.
2: No, they have their bottle. They get to daycare. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Yep. Now anymore, it's between seven and seven thirty for the first bottle.
1: Um, And and we should say they're uh, ten and a half months old now. Um, Yeah.
2: We've been sleeping through the night since about four months. Four months is a pretty yeah, pretty solid one. They'll do every four hours for bottles at this point so 7 30 11 30, 37 is bedtime mm-hmm. so we'll do a bottle in those increments and then now with solid foods throw in a breakfast lunch and dinner when we get them home we usually pick them up daycare 4 to four thirty range and we'll get them home play for a little bit right now we're trying to do our walking so get them behind a push pusher walker let them cruise around our dining room uh, dinner at like 5 30 play a little bit more and then start feeling out you can start to tell when we're getting on the fuss bus <laughs> and you know bedtime. yeah bedtime can be between 6 30 and 7 30 but usually seven o'clock is a pretty firm one for us they kind of know what seven o'clock is yeah that's
0: really nice if the yeah. kids go to bed at seven o'clock then I'd- probably a little bit easier to keep your intimacy as a couple. Oh. Ooh. It is you a little easier. Done. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you have some time there. And we we definitely have the times where, or like the six-month period where we they went to bed at from like 6.30 to 7.00. Yeah, eight. so
0: nice. Um, yeah.
1: And then, yeah, the whole, as they get older, their sleep needs go down for one, and then their wake times get longer, and then that one nap is like, I think you have a choice of whether you really cap the nap, Mm -hmm. like cut that down and cap it at an hour or whatever and try that out and then you can get maybe a little bit longer night. But yeah, for us, we're at like a 10 hour night, which means if we we don't want to wake up at 5.30 a.m., then they have a later bedtime. Yeah, if we let them just sleep,
2: we're probably still close to 12 hours overnight. You know, they would go from like 7, to seven to seven. Yeah on let the them weekends. Sleeping yeah, a little. For the most part, like even today, obviously yeah. last night was a little or Friday night getting down to you guys is a little bit of a weird schedule for us. But usually on the weekends they're getting themselves up between six thirty and seven. So a little bit later than what we normally okay. get them up during the week. Um
1: That's but, good to know, to know yeah. that you're not like really cutting into their sleep by waking yeah. them up in the morning. Really.
2: Yeah. So Uh, You know, I think we're still in that 12 hour range for an overnight sleep for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But routinely during the week, I say we're closer to 11. Yeah. 11, 11 and a half.
1: And that's pretty good.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah. So because our babies get up early, then they go to bed super early, which is
1: great. Yeah. I I like it. And you Mm -hmm. guys have to be up anyway. So.
2: Yeah. And we've got to have nights free to be able to do things. Like, I'm on call basically 24-7, so... Right. If if I can't get things done in that late afternoon the way I would like to... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When when things get demanding, then you have to do it, but... um, I have to have the evening hours to still do things. Chris, when he was doing his master's, had to have evenings to be able to do things, so... Um, having a bedtime at 7 o'clock is crucial. Totally. For sanity and productivity reasons.
1: So do you feel that you get, during the week, like I remember feeling a little sad some days when I would get home, but it was a little different. I would get home from work at like 5.30, and the babies would have like a 6.30 bedtime. And on those days, I just felt like I didn't get very much time with them. Like by Friday, are you just so ready to spend like a whole day with them? Or do you Mm -hmm. feel like it's a good balance? Of time that you spend working and time that you get with them in the evenings? I feel like it's a good
2: balance for us. Like, I think I could use a little bit more time with them, more quality interaction time where it doesn't just feel like, okay, we're doing this and now get to this and now get to this. Yeah. Especially when you throw in a bath in the evening, it's just like, you're just drilling through next. things to try to get it all done before we have to hit bedtime.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so those nights especially is where I feel like, uh, I wish... I wish I could kind of pick you up an hour or two ahead of time at daycare. Yeah, play. Mm-hmm. And... But my schedule, again, when I'm on call all the time, I can't be just alone with the babies for long chunks of time because I could be called out at any point. So ah. um, even picking them up early when somebody else isn't very near is not much of an option for me. Yeah. Um, so 4.30 is pretty much our kind of target, getting the kids. And then I know Chris is available and headed yeah. home if not back home and so on some of those days where you feel like you're just pushing through and you don't get to have a lot of interaction um that's harder but they're so fun right now they get total personalities and they think they're just running the world because they'll totally. get up and push around on a walker that they're really fun even if you only get 30 minutes of that kind of fun interaction it feels like it's at least really good quality yeah and i'm gonna go check on that <laughs>
0: We're back.
1: Well, duty calls.
0: Colleen are actually in with their babies and taking care of them.
1: Yeah, um, they're just having a hard time going to sleep, so uh, they're they're tied up for a little while. So this is, I think, a good place to end the podcast. Although there are a few topics we weren't able to hit on that I thought would be really interesting.
0: Yeah, exactly. So obviously we'll just have to have them back.
1: Totally, and maybe there will be. Like Crickets these, in the background. I feel like they're even louder now than they were.
0: Cricket choir in the background. Yeah. I wonder if they can Can you guys hear it?
1: We have the, we have the monitor. Can you hear
0: Dominic crying in the background? <laughs> <laughs> so if you'd like to see what Chris and Taline look like um, and what their kids look like, check out our YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, we had them on the blog this weekend as they hung out with us and... Um, yeah, their their kids are stinking adorable, and just takes me straight back to when ours were that age. It's yeah. my it's one of my favorite ages of babies.
0: How fun is it that we have friends that have boy and girl twins that are like ten months younger and eight months eight y- eight months younger?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. It's like a great resource to bounce things off of and frustrations and ideas and tips and, and basically
0: just vent to and yeah, talk about how hard it is being a twin parent.
1: What's really hard is not telling them, like, you need to do, you need to buy this and not buy that. (laughs)
0: Exactly,
1: yeah. Oh, memories.
0: So I guess you'll hear from us probably uh, next
1: week. Yeah, hope you enjoyed this. If you did, please give it a review. Um, That's really the only way we can track how we're doing.
0: And shoot us an email. It's down below if if you don't have anything interesting to tell us.
1: Or if you have any topics you want us to cover. Or if you have any, like, funny jokes that you heard that you thought we might enjoy.
0: Or if you have, like, a cute dog picture.
1: (laughs) Or baby picture. We like those.
0: Or cats. We like cats, too.
1: Yeah. We also like getting cards in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a good one. Bye.